Have you ever been thirsty? Now, this incense can make us feel a little bit thirsty, but, but I don't mean thirsty like, let's go get a drink of water or let's go have some nice cider at the end of the service. I mean thirsty, seriously thirsty, where you felt like if you didn't get some water pretty soon, you were going to be in bad shape. Now, I remember when I was a child going to a summer camp, and a group of us went on a camping trip for several nights. Two counselors, 10 kids, something like that. And we hiked up to the top of this mountain where we were going to camp the first night. And as darkness was falling, we realized that we hadn't brought enough water with us. And it was dark, so there was no way to go back down the mountain and get water. And so we just had to camp there for the night with very little water. And pretty soon it got pretty scary. We just started to kind of panic a little bit. We also, of course, started feeling really thirsty, like we just desperately wanted something to drink because there wasn't any. And we started, the counselors decided they needed to ration out our water supply. So everyone got like some little, you know, half cup of water to drink, which just made it worse in some ways. And we all started looking suspiciously at each other to make sure nobody was getting more than their share. And it actually got so serious that the counselors gathered up all the water bottles and put them in their tent and kept them there for the night to make sure that nobody was going to come in in the night and get water because we were really thirsty at that point. And then after that, the next day, we actually had to hike for several miles before we came to a stream where we could get some water. And when we got to the stream, I remember that the counselors actually had to sit down and spend 10 minutes in silence. This was a Quaker camp, so there was this, a lot of sitting in, there was a lot of sitting in silence. But we sat there in silence for 10 minutes before we could drink the water, which sounds kind of torturous and cruel. But it was to remind us of this, of this scary thing we just, really quite scary thing we'd just been through, and also to remind us never to take water for granted. And even though I'm sure I have taken water for granted many times, I've never forgotten that incident because it went pretty deep in me. And it was really interesting this morning in the Washington Post, there was an article that said there's two million people in this country who don't have running water in their homes. Two million people. And in Native American homes, they are 19 times more likely not to have water. So the story was really about the Navajo Nation and how many people there, maybe a third of the people I think it is on that reservation, don't have running water and spend hours driving and hauling water and bringing it back and actually do ration it in their homes. In the article, it talks about giving this one kid, you know, half a cup of water to brush his teeth and all the rest of it. So it's, you know, when you don't have water, it's a pretty serious thing. It's one thing to be hungry. Hunger can gnaw away at you and distract you and make you feel weak and grumpy. But without water, we start to panic. Because we know that you can live without food a lot longer than you can live without water. And we also know we're, what, 80, 90% water? I don't forget what that's, you know, that statistic. And so without water, we really start, our being starts to dry up, wither away. So it's no accident that the prophet Isaiah just keeps returning to images of water when he's talking in this beautiful section of Isaiah called Second Isaiah between chapters 40 and 55 about his prophecy to his people in this time when they were in exile 
when they felt like their, their nation had been destroyed, their hopes had been destroyed, their being was wasting away, they were thirsty, and they were tempted to despair, and they were tempted to feel like God had abandoned them. They felt like they'd lost their home, they'd lost their God, they'd lost their temple, they'd lost their sense of who they were, really. And it was in this situation of, of hopelessness that the prophet Isaiah brings this radical message of hope and new beginnings, and he keeps talking about water, and he keeps talking about how God hasn't abandoned the people, that God actually wants them to come home. It's time for them to come home out of their wilderness wandering. And when they're on their way home, God is going to give them water. When the poor and thirsty are parched and they have no water, God is going to give them more water than they can possibly imagine. Here's this lovely picture of water in the desert. And in our reading, it talks about pools and fountains and springs on the heights and in the valleys. And it's just like this incredible image of this abundance of water coming to these thirsty, thirsty people. It seems to me that if, if Lent is a time of, about sin and repentance, death and resurrection, Advent is really a time that has to do with exile and homecoming. These themes of the people being in exile and being called to come home keep reverberating throughout Advent, which is why we hear so much of Second Isaiah, because that's really what he's talking about. Advent is a time of longing. It's a time of yearning. It's a time of recognizing our distance from God and how God calls us to come home out of that distant place. It's time to recognize that we are poor and needy, that there's this hollow place in our lives that is life without God. And into that hollow place, if we feel it during Advent, that's where Christ is going to come at Christmas and in his second coming. So Advent is a time to feel that kind of primal thirst for God without which we really do wither away. So that when he comes to us at Christmas, our hearts and our homes and our lives and our souls are really ready for him. Now there's another article in the Washington Post today that also struck me as relevant. It was, it was a, about a spiritual thirst. It was about... Pastor Howard John Wesley at Alfred Street Baptist Church, one of our close partners in ministry where Dr. Judy Fentress Williams and Dr. Mark Jefferson serve. And he was talking in this article about how he was thirsty, how he was about to take a sabbatical, and he was explaining to his congregation why he was doing it, and he said, I'm tired, I'm tired in my soul. Maybe some of you understand what it's like to be tired in your soul. And he said, one of the greatest mistakes in ministry is thinking that because you work for God, you're close to God. That's a really important caution that unless we regularly renew ourselves with the living water of intimacy with God, we really will start to wither away. And that's what he was talking about and why he felt he needed a rest. Only that relationship and that living water sustains us in ministry. And that's why when Jesus meets the woman at the well and, she sa- and he asks for a drink and she gets into conversation and he says, you know, if you'd asked me, I would have given you living water and then you would never be thirsty again. That's the water that really feeds us. And the gift of Advent is to come to recognize how much we need that living water. 
And so maybe now as the semester's winding down, although I know that it's going to be midnight before some of you are done, but um, given that the semester is winding down, maybe this is a time to come back to that primal need for God, to hollow out that space and that place where you can wait in the darkness and the silence and the thirst and be ready for God to come at Christmas. Now, Advent is a time of longing and yearning, exile and homecoming, but it's also a season of generosity and gift-giving. And just as God promises us water in abundance, we might want to ask who around us needs a sip or a gulp or a good long drink of water, and can we help to give that to those people? We want to give them presents, yes, but a lot of us are going home, literally right now, soon, to family and friends and loved ones. And when you think about those people that you're going to spend Christmas with, who among them needs some living water? Maybe there's someone who's lonely. Maybe there's someone who's sick. Maybe there's someone who's lacking a sense of purpose, who could use water on their thirsty souls of their lives. Or maybe there's festering family misunderstandings that need to be washed clean in the water of God's love. And so we are called in Advent to be open to receiving this gift of water and then to be able to give that living water to those among us and around us, and maybe those closest to us who might need that living water. So here's the invitation of Advent, to come and drink from this lovely water, to come and be replenished, and then to be a source of life and love and sustenance to others. For Christ is coming soon to those dry places to bring them to flourishing. Let every heart prepare him room. Amen.